Watch out for that first step, it's a doozy! Don't drive angry. I actually made a friend of mine almost shoot uh, booze right out of his nose once. Welcome to Worth the Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Palola. With me as always, Mike Kennedy. Hello, Michael. Hello, hello. Uh, for this week's episode, one that you can listen to over and over again, it is Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day was released on, can you guess what date, Mike? February 2nd? No, February 12th, 1993. They missed it by 10 days. Uh, two weeks later, a little movie called Army of Darkness came out. Hail to the king, baby. <laughs> uh, the budget for this movie, only $15 million. It grossed $71 million. So this was a big time hit. I did not realize it did that well in, um, in ter- financially. To be only $15 million with Bill Murray in the movie, too. Right at the He was at peak powers, too. I'm kind of surprised they got him for that little. but They don't have much other than that in there. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it later. They filmed it in a small town in Illinois. And it's it's a very limited cast, um, so production just must not have been very much to do. What would you guess the Rotten Tomato critic score of this movie is, Mike? Rotten Tomato cricket. They probably liked this one, I bet. Um, 90? They fucking love this movie. 96%. This was a critic darling. Uh, audience score, Mike? Oh, shit. I can really guess higher than the critic. No, it's it's a little bit lower. I'll say that much. Um, nine, than ninety, I guess. Yeah, eighty-seven. So I actually, if you would have, I would have thought this movie would have been something more like a seventy-five, eighty-five kind of split. But no, it's it, critics loved, love, love this movie. So IMDb score eight out of ten, very high as well. That's very high. Uh, cast of the movie: Bill Murray plays Phil Connors. Uh, we will get into Bill Murray in a little bit later. Andy McDowell plays Rita. Uh, she was in Multiplicity, Michael, Four Weddings and a Funeral. The 90s were very good to Andy McDowell, and then her career kind of fell off. She touched my peppy. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing Multiplicity, too. I love that movie. The only other characters really in the movie are Chris Elliott plays Larry, who's the cameraman. Most notably, he is Woogie from There's Something About Mary. He was in Scary Movie 2. He always plays a really creepy guy because he's a really really creepy looking guy. His daughter is actually on SNL and she's pretty funny. And then I'm going to get this name wrong. I know I'm going to get this name wrong. Steve Tobolowski plays good old Ned, Needlenose Ned, Ned the Head. He was in Memento and he has been in almost every TV show you've I looked through his IMDb. It's, hey, one credit here, one credit here, one credit here, one credit here. Anytime you see me, like, oh, there he is. There's that guy again. So, Mike, why don't you do the synopsis on the movie? All right. Uh, snarky old-mannered Pittsburgh weatherman by the name of Phil Connors has traveled to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania for the fourth year in a row to report on Groundhog Day event, on the Groundhog Day event. Uh, Phil gets through the day by doing pretty much the bare minimum and – but when he tries to head home, a blizzard keeps him in Punxsutawney. Phil spends the night and wakes up the next day to find he has to live Groundhog's Day all over again and again and again and again. Phil, Phil's early reaction to reliving the same day is to use his knowledge of Groundhog Day for selfish purposes. For example, he steals some money from the bank. He uh, uses his intel to trick a pretty woman named Nancy into sleeping with him. Uh, He then sets his sight on the producer, Rita, but eventually realizes that no matter what he does and how many times he attempts to seduce her, she'll always see through his selfish game. After a while, Phil Phil realizes that he'll never escape Groundhog Day. That's when he decides to attempt to kill himself, but no matter how many times he tries, he keeps waking back up in his bed, 6 a.m., on February 2nd. Finally, he gives up on being selfish and devotes himself to helping others. He even tries to save the life of an old homeless man, but eventually finds that no matter what he does, this man is destined to die on Groundhog Day. 
yes, Phil has learned another valuable lesson. There are some things that he just cannot change. Now that Phil has learned to forget about his ego and accept things that he can't change, he starts to become a better person. This approach on life pays off and he wins the heart of Rita and finally escapes his imprisonment in Groundhog's Day. Beautifully done, Mike. Beautifully done. So thoughts on the movie. Um, This movie touches a little close to you and I, Mike, considering that we grew up mm, 30 miles from there. Right? I don't know exactly how far it is, but I know it's not that far. (laughs) It's about a 45-minute drive from where we grew up. Actually, I even noticed as in the opening scene when he's got the – he's showing the Western PA weather map. It shows Indiana 39 degrees as it flips over right before he walks away. So the, our, our, our hometown name is even on there. Well, there you go. Look, I love this movie, but do you agree the ending's awful? Well, something that I have on my thoughts here is about it, is about the ending. And I think it's all good. The very ending, when he wakes up and is there, like he's, he's good. I think he very, very downplays his reaction to finally waking up to a new day. It's breaking I'm not sure how you would react, but I feel like you'd be way more pumped and excited to finally live a new day. I mean, he does have sex with her, so that's cool. Well, he she stayed the night, but we don't really know what happened. Well, don't you notice that he's like, how can I... Um, he said something like, you stayed. And he says something she, like she, along the lines both, of like... They're both I, fully clothed. That's what I'm going by. Which, which well, I know, but now. like right after that, he he goes in and makes a move and she's like, I know something we can do or something like that. And then it cuts to them walking outside. What seems to be later. So I think he gets it in good for Phil. But it's what I don't get is that at the very end, he like looks at her and goes, let's live here. That's exactly, I feel and the I'm like you way. literally like, it's absurd. Like liked him for one day. <laughs> yeah. And you're a weatherman and she's a producer. What are you going to do in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Well, apparently he can do a bunch of everything because he knows everything to know about Punxsutawney Phil. So. That's true. Hopefully ice sculpting pays. Ice sculpting, p- piano playing. I know I'm jumping around a little bit, but this this movie quickly got into the zeitgeist as the specific way to refer to something repeating over and over and over again. And just say, oh my God, it's Groundhog Day. Like It doesn't matter what you're doing, as long as something keeps happening to you in one way or another, something going wrong, something going um, you know, it just keeps happening again and again. You refer to it as, oh, this is Groundhog Day. No, I know. It's, it, you kind of, like he, he says it so long. He's like, what would you do if you were stuck in one place? You know, with everything the same, there's nothing, and nothing you did mattered. And the guy's like, that about sums it up for me. So yep. Kind of yes, yeah, Ralph. <laughs> I have that one. Down when you later. think it's like, we're kind of all in our own Groundhog Day. Like, when you think of it for, for me, it's like, when I do, Monday through Friday, you get up at the same. I get up the same time every day. I go to the same place every day. I have to do the same thing almost every day. A little bit, you know. It's like you're kind of yep. repeating yourself. You generally take the same route to work. If you go to you go to the gym after work, um, it's you 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 do end up in a, a Groundhog Day esh routine, and sometimes you have to smack your head off the wall just to change things up mm-hmm. a little bit. So people have midlife crises. Crises, crises. I don't know how that one goes. Go through a uh, midlife crisis. There we go. Thank you, Mike. Sometimes that's why people have, go through a midlife crisis and buy a Ferrari and and do all the dumb stuff because they're just trying to break up the monotony. That's what vacations for. Spending on that. Something that I know that that I said. Why is he stuck in this loop? Okay. Did you read about it? In I didn't the do any facts online. Do so supposedly. Uh, the original script for this, and I don't think I wrote this one down because it kind of got lengthy and I wasn't going to get into it, but supposedly, like in the original script, he hurt a woman, not physically, like he, he hurt some woman's feelings, and she put a curse on him. Uh, you know what? Maybe I did. And it, they ended up writing it out because it was going to be too much. Like they had a couple different ways. So one of them was originally there was going to be that written into it. And then the, another one they were going to do was he was going to wake up and he was already going to be in the middle of it. And then they decided to build it out just a touch to kind of show what an arrogant prick he is. 
And I think that was the right choice, too, the way they went. Because I think it would have been too much at the beginning if they did it one way and too confusing if they tried to bring it in halfway through. So they ended up just saying, like, let's just show he's a prick for the first 10 or 15 minutes, and then he gets stuck in the, in the loop. So there, there's your answer to it. And I always thought that, too. Like, why did he end up that way? And most people don't know that because unless you actually do something like this and go and read all the trivia about it, post it online somewhere. But that's, I guess, what the idea was. I don't know if he if he heard a gypsy or a, or a witchy woman or whatever it was, but somebody got him. So theoretically, there's a few other things that like I I got like uh, when he's talking to Rita and he, she talks about like ask if she wants white chocolate. She's like, no white chocolate. He's like, OK, no white chocolate. Like check like in his head. And she's like, there's something that seems so familiar about this. Do you ever have deja vu? And it's almost like, so are they reliving the same day, too, but are just waking up without memory of it? That actually something I I went to the actors, but that's an excellent point. And that is the theory is that everybody else is just completely reliving the same day over and over and over and over again. And time just is in a loop for him. And he's the only one that knows the difference. That's kind of the premise of it. I don't know if this has a little bit of like a butterfly effect to it as well, because it keeps changing the what the future would be, depending on what he does. Like you said about trying to save the old man. And another thing I saw as you read stuff is when he goes to see the old man in the background, you can see a boy with a broken leg and that's the boy that falls out of the tree later. So he's actually changing the future by changing, by going back and redoing the past every day. So I think everybody else is just in an eternal loop as well. And they don't, they don't know the difference. They don't age, nothing changes, but I have to give credit to the other actors in the movie because they're doing multiple. I mean, they're used to doing multiple takes, but they they keep the consistency and continuity really, 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 really good. And everybody plays it off, as you said, completely clueless every time. They do a really good job. Everybody from the townspeople of Punxsutawney all the way up to Rita and Larry. No, agreed with you on that right there. Yeah, the only other thought is, I guess, question thought on the movie is, exactly i know i did a little bit of reading of this online just to try to get and i know you did too is how long he's actually stuck in this loop for yeah we'll we'll get into that when we get in the facts later because there's a couple different versions a couple different ways people have said it so I, i've heard a very high number i've heard a not as high number any one of them you can see why he starts killing himself because uh, it'd be the only way to try and get out of it and it's probably like you've uh, done everything there's only so much you can do in punks tony phil time to <laughs> try something different i guess here's a thought if it was gonna snow like that couldn't you try and get out of town a different way not only that um like early like get up as soon as it rings at six get up and get on the road like don't wait until nine o'clock go and steal a car and drive out of town like, exactly I've, I've i wonder if like you know would he end up back in, back in bed yeah i mean at least he could have tried that and maybe that was something they did and they ended up cutting a whole bunch of these and then or filming a whole bunch of these and ended up just cutting them. I don't know. So I have two more thoughts about this before we get into the other stuff. One is when we did Scrooge, our last episode, which we did end up doing two straight romantic comedies with Bill Murray. I know <laughs> it's a timing thing. We had to get Groundhog Day in before Groundhog Day. It wouldn't make sense otherwise. When we did Scrooge, we spent a good amount of time talking about Bill Murray being a main actor in carrying a movie. And it wasn't until I went and started looking at the other actors in this movie that I realized he is the entire movie. He's not just in the whole movie. He's in every scene of every of the entire movie. Oh, yeah. There's nothing without him in it. He he carries this movie from front to back. Like even you could say, like, what about Bob? There's a lot of Richard Dreyfus, and the story follows Richard Dreyfus and him. Scrooge, it follows him, but there's other actors coming in and out of it all the time. With this one, it's just him. It's just him. There's a significant amount of just him even talking to himself. So kudos to, to Bill Murray. The, he, he really impressed me when I th sat down and actually thought about it. One other thing I thought, and you, um, you did a nice job saying this in, in the synopsis, is I forgot how the flow of this movie goes. I thought it was, he starts figuring everything out. 
he exploits everything. Then he goes and gets Rita. And I forgot it was, he goes to try and get Rita, fucks it all up. Then things start falling apart for him. Then he tries to kill himself. Then he figures it out. So I kind of forgot the flow of the movie. I don't know why. I've seen this movie 35 times. You just same stuff over and over. It's kind of tough sometimes to, to, to see the whole exact how it goes. Because that's it's kind of the same with me. I didn't really remember how the whole flow went too. And like I say, I couldn't remember exactly how it all went either. All right. Anything else? Thoughts on the movie? No, no, I'm good with that. Okay, so what was your best scene in the movie? This was tough for me. I may have written down a couple of things that I like. Don't feel bad. I um, too. A lot of them are just like quick little things, like that one scene where he sees Ned and he's like, he's he's like Phil, he's like Ned, and just punches him in the face. Yes. I, <laughs> I, I also like later after he starts figuring everything out, he hugs him. He's like, I've missed you so much. I don't know where you're going, but can you call like, off? Can you call in sick? Yeah, yeah. Call in sick. That's what I was. Yeah. yeah. That. And then the whole, like when he sees Nancy at the, and so towards the beginning when he's using his powers for his like little, not powers, but you know, his groundhog day for bad. And he's like, you know, what's your name, Nancy? Like, where'd you go to high school? You know, Lincoln. It's like, who's your, English teacher or something like that and like Mrs. Walsh and he's just like thanks and he's just like Nancy Lincoln Walsh and just like you remember this so he can yeah. hit on her the next day pretty much when he sees her so I just thought that was kind of cool um, obviously just the first Ned clip I think is pretty good too watch out for that first step it's a doozy when he sees him just Ned firing off a stupid little quips like taking off his pat like like I haven't seen you in 20 years like you probably weren't bald 20 years ago you know like <laughs> That's not yeah. going to help at all. And then uh, the scene where he st- steals Phil. So I, I'm right in, right in line with you. I had when he steals Phil as one of them. I do love that scene. It is so funny. Uh, I, I always steal the line. Don't drive angry. Don't drive angry. I'm the only one that usually gets it, but I'll go, don't drive angry. And then uh, I actually kind of incorporated everything from when he starts figuring it out and starts using it for himself from the time he's in the bowling alley and says he's, he's ordering the flapjacks or orders puts in the order from the police officer. And the guy asks for flapjacks to him eating everything in the diner. I think that scene's really funny. Him hooking up with Nancy and then him stealing the bag of money. Like that whole sequence I ended up just putting in because I think that's really, it just makes me laugh every time that whole, I don't know. What is that? 10 minutes, maybe excellent stuff there. So, Best line or lines, because there's a lot of good ones in this movie. There are plenty of good lines in this one. Where do you start, Mike? <laughs> I like when he um, asks him, what are you doing for dinner? He's like, something else. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then he's like, it's been great seeing you, Needlehead. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> oh, God, what's his name again? Uh, Steven Tobolowski. He plays that exact character in everything he's Just a in. big dork. Just a big dork that annoys the bejesus out of you. Um, I also like when he's uh, when the piano teacher looks at him and says, "Oh, so this is your first lesson?" He's like, "Yes, but my father was a piano mover." So that's a line that uh, a friend of mine used a lot. I wrote down your your Ned line where he's like, "I missed you so much. Can you call out sick and stuff like that?" And I thought it's like not a funny line, but like a good line when he's just, when the nurse looks and and it's just like some. Sometimes people just die, and he's like, "Not today." Pretty much like, yeah. <laughs> "Not if I can help a lady like get out of here." <laughs> or that Monday when he's doing all the errands, and he goes, "It's nothing, ma'am. I had the tire and the jack. Just yeah, it'll yes. be a minute." <laughs> when he's fixing the tire, just like shows up behind him, and they're like, "What is this going on right now?" Um, and then other than that, I put down the one where she's when the first day. He's like kind of hitting out. He's like, how'd you sleep last night? You tossed and turned, didn't you? And she's like, you're incredible. He's like, who told you? Yeah. Like it's a little like one-liners there. I just think it's hilarious too. I have a couple more if, if you're if you're good on quotes. Um, no, I'm good on quotes. You go ahead. Okay. So one is when the first time they go up to Gobbler's Knob, uh, Rita's going, this is great. The, these people have been out here all night. They come over, they sing songs, they go back and warm up by the fire, then they come out and sing more songs. He goes, yeah, they're hicks, Rita. 
uh, next is when he goes to do when he does the pencil breaking and he, you know, he snaps it in half and then the next morning it's back together. He's on the phone. He goes, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. And then they hang up on him. Uh, I have the to the groundhog cheer because his face is awesome and hers is ridiculous. Sweet vermouth on the rocks with a twist. That's a disgusting drink. I mean, judging by his face when he drank it, yeah, it, it did look pretty nasty. Yeah, I actually made a friend of mine almost shoot uh, booze right out of his nose once because we were we were doing what we do, uh, <laughs> drinking, and out of nowhere I yelled, to the Groundhog! And he's a big Groundhog Day fan too, and he almost shot liquor right out of his nose. So that, that one holds a special spot in my heart. And then the last is the Don't Drive Angry that he yells at the groundhog. Those are the four that I had. There's a couple more of him uh, at the actual groundhog festival that are pretty good. Like when he says, Oh wait, I have it written down. He goes, he said, this is pitiful. A thousand people freezing their butts off. waiting to worship a rat. What a hype. Groundhog day used to mean something in this town. They used to pull the hog out and they used to eat it. (laughs) You're hypocrites. All of you. Well, Mike, what's your favorite character? That's not Bill Murray. Because obviously he's the main character and he has about everything. So I didn't really even think about it too much, but Rita I think does a really good job in the movie. In the movie, she's not too funny or anything like that, but I think she does. She plays. Yeah, she plays perfectly. her part perfectly. Exactly. But I also like you know, needle nose Ned. I think that's a very good job uh, too. He does a good job. I went with one of the two drunk guys. I went with Ralph. He's the guy that ordered, asked for the flapjacks. He makes me laugh every time. I actually forgot how funny he was because I love also right before he gets in the car, he's like, do you want to throw up in the car, out here or in the car? And he kind of spots, he goes, um, both. <laughs> I know he's got a short part, but he, he cracks me up every time. On to next, our top five for this week. We figured this is as good a time as any to do our five favorite Bill Murray movies or Bill Murray appearances, as we've said. So do you want to go first or second, Mike? I'll go ahead and go. I'll tell you right now I have my top five, and then I tossed a few honorable mentions, mentions yeah. in there. I have uh, Groundhog Day, Ghostbusters, uh, Caddyshack, Stripes, Scrooged, and then a few uh, honorable mentions would be Kingpin, What About Bob. I like the movie uh, Meatballs. I was going to say Zombieland, but he's really just like a – He's barely in it, yeah. What what he's in it is good. I just think that he's probably got other stuff. I haven't seen a lot of his like really drama y stuff either. Like Yeah, I never saw Lost in Translation or Life Aquatic or or any of those movies or um with the Moonrise Kingdom, isn't he in that one too? He started getting into those some of those other movies. Uh I have all the same movies out there that doesn't get much attention. It's actually a pretty funny movie. It's from the mid nineties. It's called The Man Who Knew Too Little. He plays this guy that ends up at this – he gets treated like a spy. It's kind of a goof movie. Like he keeps falling ass backwards into things that make him look like this super spy. It's almost Naked Gun-esque, but not quite. And like not as slapsticky as Naked Gun. But it's if – if you ever see it like on TV or something, it's worth watching. It's definitely worth a watch. It's it's entertaining. I'll say that much. I saw it not that long ago, maybe a few years ago, and it's still pretty funny. It holds up. But the rest I had Ghostbusters. What about Bob Scrooge? I think out of all the movies, I think my favorite Bill Murray is Ghostbusters, though. I'd like to make sure that everybody knows that that's the original Ghostbusters, not the 2016 Ghostbusters. Oh, no, no. Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters, too. Those are the only ones that actually count, so. Okay, so let's go through some other movie scenes and some nuances from the movie that were out there. I I think, and I don't know if you think, but doesn't it sound like Brian Doyle, Brian Doyle Murray's voice on the radio as one of the radio hosts? Um, I mean, I know he's the, the Grand Poobah at, for the Groundhog, obviously, but it sounds like they used his voice for the radio thing, too. It could have. I don't, wasn't really, it does have a little bit of his voice. Raspiness? Yeah, a little raspiness to it, I guess, that he has. If you ever, when you see it again, because it'll be on TV in the next couple of weeks, catch that and listen. I'm pretty sure he's one of the two guys. I read that they actually created the, 
that loop because they were going to have like the local radio station do it. And the one guy didn't understand what was going on. So they had to make it separate. The guy he meets in the hallway uh, at the top of the steps. Do you recognize him, Mike? Yeah, he's the Tic Tac Santa Claus from Home Alone. He is the Tic Tac Santa Claus from Home Alone. I was going to say he's the fat guy from Armageddon. He is. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Good call on the Santa Claus. Though. I like I how we, both, we both picked two different movies out. That's yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I looked at my notes. I was like, the guy in the hallway is the Tic Tac Santa Claus. From that, yeah, that, that is him. I got to point that out to Aaron because Aaron watched this one with me. And I, the, my next thing, Aaron pointed out to me and I had to go back and rewatch it. So uh, tip of the cap to her for the next one. But I told her, I'm like, because she loves Armageddon. I don't, and I said, uh, do you recognize that guy? And Home Alone's like one of her favorite movies, so she's gonna laugh when I when I point that one out to her. But um, yeah, he's the fat guy. Do you have anything before he gets to the ground the Groundhog Festival, and the from the opening up to? Um, I do like when he talks about how he's like, you know, I like you. He's like, you know, you keep the talent happy. And then he's, <laughs> did he actually call himself the talent? Yes, yes, Larry's saying that. And she's like asking like, if he'll help. If she can help with anything else, and he's like. Will you help with my pelvic tilt? Yes. <laughs> Again, probably. Oh, the, I'm sorry. I was going to say this because I got into Harold Ramis and I, I got distracted. When they went to go shoot, Harold Ramis would try and start setting it up and Bill Murray would cut him off. He'd go, good Phil or bad Phil? And that's all he had to know. And then he just kind of improvised a lot of the stuff. Because I'm sure, I mean, Harold Ramis is hilarious as a writer. But I don't know if he put in the pelvic tilt or if that was a like a Bill Murray one-off kind of thing. I thought Harold Ramis and Bill Murray were like best friends too, but I I think I read somewhere that like after this movie they didn't talk for like a really long time. Yeah, it had to do with uh, Bill Murray was going through a divorce at the time, and he was kind of freaking out over a lot of the scenes. And Harold Ramis essentially told him to like knock it off and just cool down, and we'll take care of it as we go. And it pissed off Bill Murray a lot, so they didn't talk for like five or ten years or something. I might have it. I might have it later. I can read it, but um, that's essentially like what it what it was about was essentially the way that things were handled, certain parts of this movie while he was going through it. Chance of departure today, one hundred percent. Only a weatherman, right? That's right. But other than that, no. Okay, so again, this is tip of the cap to Aaron because she spotted this, and I rewound it to see it when he does the countdown the first time. It goes three, two. One. When he does one, he gives the middle finger to the cameraman. You got to watch it because she goes, did he just flick it off? Sure enough, I rewound it. He does. He goes, three, two, one. Instead of doing the pointer finger, he does the middle finger. Mm, nice. I'm going to have to watch that now. Yep, you're going to have to. So when you watch it, watch it again and, and look for that. The next thing I had was when he's yelling and saying this is pitiful and they should eat the, eat the groundhog. But I don't have anything for a little while. So what else do you have, Mike? There's just like little things that I thought were, I just love like his, when he first wakes up, he just thinks that like the recording is just like, you guys got the same tape as yesterday, guys. Yep. And then it's like looking outside and just kind of just like walking out, like kind of like confused. And now like when the next day she's like, so you're going to be, are you going to be heading out or staying today? He's like, chances to partner 80%. And he's like, yeah. 75, 80. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, he walks out, he goes, where are you going? Gobbler's knob. It's groundhog day. That is just once a year, right? Yeah, just and then like by the third day he runs into Ned Ryerson and he just like pushes him, but Ned yep. just keeps running after him. <laughs> like, like if someone pushed me, I would have been like, "Yo, what the hell?" <laughs> yeah, he does punch him eventually too. Mm-hmm. I forget when that is. I think that's a little bit later. There's a nice Harold Ramis cameo. Yeah, Doctor Ramis. Doctor Ramis, neurosurgeon. Yep, and I should have pointed him out too. He's Egon from Ghostbusters. He's directed. A bunch of these things. Uh, he did Groundhog Day. He did um, Ghostbusters, st- Stripes, Ghostbusters, Caddyshack. Like that's all the Harold Ramis universe. Unfortunately, he passed uh, about four years ago. I want to say five years ago. He had cancer. It's pretty aggressive. It's kind of sad because I always liked his stuff. Yeah, his stuff was always fantastic. Uh, I have a question about a scene. So after he hooks up with Nancy. Mm-hmm. there's a random scene where he takes a girl to a movie. <clears throat> yep. And he's dressed up like he's dressed up and talking like a cowboy. Now, when he says, I told you to call me Bronco, I laugh every time. Cause that's also been a running joke. When someone say, Hey, they'll be like, Hey, Ed, I told you to call me Bronco. 
why would I, I don't get that scene? I feel like there was supposedly another scene somewhere. They never talk about who that girl is. You never hear from her again. It doesn't make any sense. Like there's something missing there. I think they're just <clears throat> more just trying to show that he is uh, taking advantage of the situation. Exactly. Like it's just yeah. kind of like during his like beginning when he's taking advantage of everybody by how he knows him and everything and you know doing what he can do to get what he wants pretty much and uh and so i just uh, I, you know maybe they, there was a little bit missed there but i think he was just there to show and like because that was right after he robbed the bank that scene came up oh okay well maybe that maybe you're right maybe that's because he, he rolled up in like a real nice car they had costumes and, yeah, uh, I, I guess just, it's funny. He looks together. at Nancy, and he's just like, "Hey, Nancy." She turns around, looks at him, like doesn't even recognize him. Yeah. He's just like, doesn't even recognize her own fiance. Yeah, my old fiance. <laughs> I like the breakdown he gives of all the ways he's died. Where he's just like, "I've been like stabbed, burnt, like frozen." I've been, I've like been that. stabbed, shot, poisoned, frozen, hung, electrocuted, and burned. He says he's not the god, but he's a god. Speaker phone to off speaker phone. That's why. Oh, okay. Yeah, for a second there, I, I couldn't hear you. So, all right. Um, I just said, but let's not act like it, Ed. If uh, on Groundhog's Day, like the whole like Nancy Licken Walsh thing, like using some things for, after after a few days, you probably would be like, well, this is my life. I might as well take advantage of some things. Oh, I'd be taking advantage of everything. I'm not gonna <laughs> act like I wouldn't. <laughs> exactly. I was anybody would. I, I like when he. The, this little scene too when he's just sitting there and he's just like a gust of wind dog barks cue the truck exit Herman he's like walk on in to the bank exit Felix standing there with a not so bright look on his face yep. like here comes uh, whatever Doris she's like here comes Doris fix your bra honey yep <laughs> that's better <laughs> Felix how you doing Doris can I have a roll of quarters yeah. and then he's just like ten nine eight Car six five quarters, and that's when they drop the <laughs> yep. three two, and still with the bag of money. And the guy pops up, he's just like, Did I bring one or two bags yeah, out? Like, I don't know. But like I said, that was like up to the end of that whole sequence of him taking advantage of everything. That's quite entertaining. <laughs> well, that, well, that's when he starts to get his eyes on Rita. So when he gets his eyes on Rita, that was after the, the old fiance. I think the next scene is when he's like, I want someone like you. and he starts I, – I meant to count how many times he gets slapped by her. Nine times. Nine? Thank you for counting. <laughs> That's counting the very first slap, too. The yeah, I, eight, that counts. Yeah. I'm sure that was a lot of fun to shoot. I have one more thing that I want to ask about. It, it's hopping ahead a little bit, but the old man. You notice that – this, this confused me for a long time. You notice that he walks up to the old guy and he looks at him. He says, hello, father. Is he just say because he's old? Is he supposed to be his father? Is he just saying that? I don't really get it. It always threw me off. I'm like, wait, is it supposed to be his dad? Or is it supposed to be like his dad? Or is he just saying hello, father? Because like he just said, hey, old timers. Because when he... um, It's the same old guy he walked yeah. past. Yeah, but, but when he's doing CPR and him later, he's calling him like pops and stuff too. Yeah, it's I don't know. I, I that, that always threw me off for a long time. Now I'm kind of just ignored. But maybe I can do a little search here while we keep going. Yeah. Well, I got some. I know it's a movie, but if you have, if you don't have anything else scene wise from the movie, oh, I'm sure I got plenty through here. Also, like when he's when he's talking about like I was in the Virgin Island once. Why couldn't I got that day over? And over again? <laughs> he obviously goes into more and describing about how he met a girl they made out, like you know, and everything. But he's just like, why couldn't I? We get ate that? lobster. He's like, that was Sunset. a good day. <laughs> why couldn't we get that day? Yeah, over and over and over. All right, I'm looking up. Uh, keep going because I'm looking up the old man. I also like when he goes, "Why would you, anyone steal a groundhog?" I can think of a couple reasons. Pervert. The <laughs> <laughs> when he crashes the truck and he's like, "He might be okay," and then just like completely explodes. explodes. <laughs> and he they're does. like, "We like chill for like him just running like." That's like kind of things I kind of noticed. Like, it's definitely more lighthearted that way. Like, if you saw someone that you knew, like, just drive off the end and like die. I think I don't know how you react. React. On me, Larry. In three, two, one, because he knows he's going over the edge. Yeah. Um. 
I do like when he goes downstairs and just, just takes the toaster with bread in it and everything and takes it upstairs and throws it in the bathtub with him. Yep. I don't know. I'm I'm looking up the guy that played the old man. I don't see anything about him. Huh. It was his last movie was Groundhog Day. Oh. When we keep saving that kid, he's like, you little brat. You've never thanked me. <laughs> see you tomorrow. Maybe. He saves his own brother from choking. Yes, he does. If you're going to eat steak, get some sharper teeth. <laughs> like how he does that. Then he immediately goes over and lights that girl's cigarette. <laughs> yeah, like he knew. Well, obviously, he's done enough time. Yeah, but... but it's just like funny. He's just like. And then he goes and it's like everybody knows him. When they go to that party. He's the fastest Jack in Jefferson County. I also like when he meets the married, the little married couple after they get married. And they're like, thanks so much for talking to him. And he gives them the gift. And they're like, no way, WrestleMania. When like her husband kisses Rita, the wife's reaction. You realize who that is. She kisses Phil. Yeah. You that, realize who that guy is though. Not even look. Michael Shannon. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's before his eyes got really big and he started looking like a complete insane person. Yeah, that that's that's that was his first acting credit. Uh, so I looked this up. It said I, I, on IMDb there actually was a, an FAQ and someone did that. Said was the old man Phil's father? It says no. The man was simply a homeless man that Phil decided to help. Phil just affectionately called him dad and pop. Notice that Phil seems to do this with older people anyway, referring to his B&B hostess as mom on at least one occasion. There we go. The question I've had for 20 years that drove me crazy has finally been resolved. Good to know. Done and done. But I think that's probably it. So I only really have two. I know it's movie butts. Uh, I have one. In the opening sequence when they're driving the van, they're going towards the point to go to Punxsutawney. And anybody that lives in Western PA knows Punxsutawney is to the Northeast of Pittsburgh. So the only thing I could see is if they were going around to go up route 28 to try and get up there. But it seems that's out of the way to get there. They were going down Fort Pitt Boulevard to go around the point to get the nice shot of the city, but they're going in the wrong direction. So that's number one. And number two, because I was curious, I looked up, speaking of WrestleMania, April 4th, 1993, WrestleMania 9 was held in Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. It was not held in Pittsburgh. Poo on that. That's it. That's all I had. How could they? It's a random thing to pick, WrestleMania, too. Yeah. Um, I just said, I know it's me, but I, I just wrote down the end. I can see like the whole thing like happening, and it's just like, like I said, just at the end, he's just like, let's live here. Yeah. I don't, I'm wondering if they just didn't know how to end the movie. Like, all they had to do is get in the van and go back to Pittsburgh. <laughs> in, my, in my where are they now, I did a thing on that. So we'll clean, right. we, we clean that one up for them. I'm, I'm glad that we cleaned that one up. Yeah. All right. Is that, is that all you got, though? Um, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, it's a very clean movie. It's very well done. Only people that actually live in Western PA would have noticed the driving, and I'm a dick, so I looked up WrestleMania. So there are a lot of facts from online, so I'm going to try and get through them w- without driving everybody crazy. And there's a few I actually looked up on my own. Uh, there actually is a Lincoln High School about 30 miles outside of Pittsburgh. It's in Beaver County. Uh, there's not one in Pittsburgh, but there is one outside of Pittsburgh close enough that I guess they could have they used that. Bill Murray was bitten by the groundhog twice during shooting, and he had to have anti-rabies injections because the bites were so severe. I heard, actually, and I might have it later. Did I put that one in? Um, I think one of the scenes where he said, don't, yeah, don't drive angry because the uh, groundhog started getting real squirmy, and he improvised that line. And then it bit him right after that scene, right after that. Oh, here's one I was talking about earlier. According to director Harold Ramis, most of the time when he tried to explain a scene to Bill Murray, Murray would interrupt him and just ask, just tell me, good Phil or bad Phil? And then he knew the vibe. The scene where Phil picks up the alarm clock and slams it onto the floor didn't go as planned. He slammed on the clock, but it barely broke. So the crew bashed it with a hammer to get it a really smashed look. The clock actually continued to play the song just like it does in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interesting potential and i think we should spend a second talking about this because this is a very different movie if they decide to go this way harold ramus originally wanted tom hanks for the lead role 
but said Tom Hanks was too nice for it. I agree. I don't think that makes a good movie. I love Tom Hanks and everything he does. I don't think that movie does very well. They also considered Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, and John Travolta. Again, I don't think any of those do well. Steve Martin is kind of the same kind of guy, but I don't think he's remotely as funny as Bill Murray. So I don't, I don't really think I would have liked any one of them as, as Phil Connors. Thoughts? Um, name the actors again real quick. Tom Hanks, Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, John Travolta. Uh, you almost need like a mix of like Chevy Chase and John Travolta. And that's what Bill Murray is. Yes, that, that's a good way to put it. You need Travolta Swagger and Chevy Chase's one-liners. Yeah, and it's like Chevy Chase isn't – you don't seem like a serious role ever. You know, like almost – No, he like, never – He. I don't, I, don't, I don't think he's ever played one, right? That's just not his thing. Maybe, but I, I wouldn't know it. All right, next one. Movie is not filmed in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, but actually in Woodstock, Illinois, just 50 miles from Bill Murray's hometown of Willamette, Illinois. There's a small plaque that reads, Bill Murray stepped here on the curb where Murray continues stepped into the puddle. There's another plaque on the building wall at the corner that says Ned's Corner, where Bill Murray was continually accosted by the insurance salesman, Ned Ryerson. There you go, Mike. Add that to your road trip list. Will do. On the DVD, Harold Ramis states that the original idea was for him to live February 2nd for about 10,000 years. Later, he says that Phil probably lived the same day for about 10 years. Now, there are some other breakdowns. So, according to the website, I'm going to get this wrong, Wolf Nards, Bill Murray spent eight years, eight months, and 16 days trapped in Groundhog Day. Sounds like a re- reliable site. Yeah, the, the movie Truth review series calculated Murray spent 4,576 days, which is 12 years, 6 months, and 11 days stuck in the loop. While the website Obsessed with Films claimed he was trapped for 12,403 days, which is just under 34 years, which is to account for becoming a master piano player and an ice sculptor. I have, I mean, there's really no way to know, obviously. So, it's it's always a question. You brought it up earlier. So those are the ones that I saw. So anywhere between eight years and 10,000 years and some anywhere in between. All right. There are exactly 38 days depicted in the film, either partially or in full. I didn't count that. That's according to online. So we know he was going on for at least 38 days. Uh, this concept has been used in other films, including... Disney's Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas, which you haven't, if you haven't seen that, watch it with the kids. It's really cute. The television show Daybreak, the comedy Fifty First Dates, the movie Edge of Tomorrow, and the, uh, a different Egyptian comedy called A Thousand Congratulations. Just the, the continued over and over and over and over again premise where one person knows everything's changing, no one else does. Edge of Tomorrow, good movie, by the way. One of the better Tom, uh, Tom Cruise movies. Yeah, Edge of Tomorrow is fantastic. And the last thing I have, there actually was a Broadway musical created for Groundhog Day. I didn't know this. It premiered on July 11th, 2016 in London, and the show ran on Broadway in New York from April 2017 until September 2017 and was closed after 176 performances. They were scheduled to do an 18-month off-Broadway U.S. tour, but the production was canceled. I probably would have seen that. That would have been entertaining. I don't really ever go to see shows like that, but <clears throat> uh, I'm married, so I go to I'll go to a handful. I only go to the ones that actually are any good, though. Like Disney on Ice. Oh, I'm going to Disney on Ice. That's that's a given. We're taking the kids to that. That's actually coming up. So, okay, Mike, on to our final area. This is where we get to be a little bit creative. So, who would be in the remake, and then where are our characters now? So let's start with who would be in the remake. I had to think about this for a while because I was trying to think of someone, as we mentioned earlier, Bill Murray is such a unique character, and such a unique actor, I should say. He is a character too, but I was trying to think of someone to try and remake this movie. I don't really want this movie remade, but I feel like obviously the premise has been used, so you could use the premise-ish and remake this movie somehow. And I thought about it and thought about it. And the person I found that's like right age, right person is John Krasinski. 
because I feel like he could pull off a lot of the dry humor and the one-liners. He doesn't have quite the personality that Bill Murray does to carry it, but I feel like he could be a good person to like play the main character who's stuck in a loop. What do you think? Um, I just don't think I can't see him playing like an asshole. Oh, I can. I can see him playing an asshole. Because he's never played one before, ever. Yeah, he does usually play the nice guy, but. um, And he's dating Emily Blunt. Like, I'm pretty sure he's just the nicest person in the world. So he probably just can't be an asshole ever. Well, that's actually. I thought about it, and I was actually going to have her play Rita. I was going to have them be husband wife combo because they did that movie recently, but it's like a horror film. So I figured she's pretty funny. He's funny. They could do some type of rom com with those two, but she would just be a complete bitch to him. It would be like a different twist on the movie. Instead of being a big sweetheart like Andy McDowell is, she'd be kind of more of a bitch. And John Krasinski would be the guy who's an asshole and then eventually tries to win her over and it would be like rom-commy towards the end. So I ended up putting those two together. I figured that it would be kind of fun to watch us two go at it, um, kind of giving each other shit all the time. You want me to put down my... Yeah, go ahead with uh, add add some extra characters to the mic. Well, for you for that, I threw down Leonardo DiCaprio, just because he's fucking an awesome actor. He is, but I don't think he could. I don't think he's funny enough. Although he is funny in, I'm trying to think Wolf of Wall Street. He could be an asshole, but I don't think he's funny enough. That's the problem: is finding someone that can be funny and an asshole. Maybe Robert Downey Jr. He's the kind of guy that could do that. I actually, add slash Robert Downey Jr. Just yeah. I thought he, he just kind of plays that cocky asshole, but then also can have funny one-liners. I threw. Um, I think he might be a little too old at this point, though. I, I think so too. That that was my main thing. Um, but even like a little bit like a Matt Damon or something like that. Yeah, yeah, or like a Ben Affleck, someone like that. Ben Affleck can play an asshole, but I don't know if he has the comedic chops. Matt Damon ben, does. Ben Affleck. Totally doesn't. Have you seen uh, Deadpool 2? No, I have not yet. He makes a cameo in there with uh, what Texas face? Uh, Steve the Pirate. Oh, yeah, whatever his real name is. <laughs> I can't think of what his name is real his life right now. His name is Steve the Pirate. That is who he'll be for the rest of his life. Him and him and, me, him and uh, Matt Damon have a little cameo in it where like you can't even tell what they are. They're like dressed up as rednecks and they're real fat. And starting off topic, but I just love this scene. And it's like, it's a scene, it's like what I've talked about before. All right, hypothetically, let's say you talking about baby wipes pretty uh-huh. much. And he's like, let's say you woke up and you had a bunch of shit in your beard. <laughs> he's like, what would you do? He's like, would you just take a dry piece of towel and wipe it off? No, you'd get a bunch of soap and water and you wash the fucking shit out of it and everything like that. And I was like, the whole time I had no idea who it was. And then as, the more and more he spoke, I was just like, man, that sounds like. And then I looked at it, looked it up online, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's Matt Damon. That's like just, uh, Matt Damon made that cameo in Thor Ragnarok. Well, yeah, it, it just what cracked me up about it though is just that I was like, I've you know, I, I got I, I keep baby wipes for myself here, you know, and I always like laughing. People were just like, really use baby wipes, and I just go, and my response back is, and I just I'm just like, well, if you were like wiping your ass, <laughs> and you broke and you broke the toilet paper, and you got it on your hand. Are you just going to, you know, use the toilet paper and then just be fine? No, you're going to use soap and water and wash your hands and clean it really well. It's like <laughs> public service announcement to everybody. Do not flush those things. Unless they do, not, they do not break down. Even the flushable ones, they do not break down. If they say it on there, it doesn't mean they break down like toilet paper. The two different, the city of London had an 18, or what, like an 800 meter long, they call them fatbergs. It's a mix of baby wipes, people pouring grease down their drain. It costs millions of dollars for them to fix, and it backs up people's drains. PSA, don't flush your baby wipes. They do not flush. They flush, but they do not break down. Uh, give, me, give, me a, give me a Ned and give me a Larry, Mike. <clears throat> All right, like needle nose Ned and stuff I put down for Ned or I put down uh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah, that's a good one. I like that one. That's that's a good one right there. Because I wanted to pick somebody if I was doing Leo, someone around like the forty-five range, you know. Yeah, you got to get someone same age range, yeah. And, and then, then, for the camera, then for old cameraman, I picked Charlie Day. Yeah, bring him back. We had him in Scrooge and uh, put him in here. Uh, that works for me. All right, where are they now? Uh, not not the remake, but the from the original. 
where are our characters today? I took Phil and Rita, and I said, they stayed in Punxsutawney for three days before they realized they were unable to work and stay in town. They go back to Pittsburgh. Rita gets her job back at the TV station. Phil pursues his career at a major network. Despite Phil's changed ways, his arrogance catches up to him, and he starts banging a production assistant at the major network in New York City. Rita moved back to the South and married a weatherman from the Weather Channel in Atlanta. All right. Who who do you want me to do first? Whoever you want. All right, we'll go with Larry. Larry, the camera guy. Larry, who is now infatuated with Nancy, continues to pursue her, despite her showing zero interest in him. He moves to Punk. He moves to Punxy, creepily following Nancy around, showing up unannounced, attempting to win her love. After a year of this, she gets a restraining order against him. After the law has forced him to give up on Nancy, he went through a brief bout of depression. Doris, finally tired of being alone herself, decided Larry will have to do. They are married with two children, both are currently attending IUP Punxie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know there was a branch for that. I think I, there is. I'm not 100% sure if I can lie. <laughs> I thought you were going to lead him into, into becoming Woogie. Um, <laughs> Because it could have. It could have been an extension. He just became Woogie. And then Ned is very short. I wrote, in 2012, Ned died of an aneurysm. <laughs> I go, he had no life insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. All right. Uh, do you have anything else, Mike, before we go? I believe that is it for me. All right. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Worth the Watch PC. Uh, look us up on Facebook and like our page. Share this out with other people. And I'm not sure what movie we'll be doing next. We'll have it released out hopefully soon. So, All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to the Worth the Watch podcast. While there are plenty of movie review podcasts out there, our goal is not to be that this is supposed to be a fun look back at movies from our past that we have enjoyed. We just want to fill that place between your ears for about an hour. Make your commute to work a little more tolerable or let you reflect on a movie that you may have seen. Movies can make us laugh and cry, make us cringe in fear or be a shot of adrenaline. We watch them in theaters with total strangers, at home with friends and family, or on Sundays when it's on cable for the 300th time. When One We Love comes on TV, we get excited. It's almost like, hey, Someone else likes this movie, too. So if you like what we do, let us know. Follow us on Twitter at WorthTheWatchPC, again, at WorthTheWatchPC, or email us at WorthTheWatchPodcast at gmail.com. Make suggestions of movies you love and want to hear. Tell us what areas you want us to cover. Please keep things clean. We have families who don't want them to be worried about us. Please remember, this is all in good fun, and if something on here offends you, tough shit. Get over it and find something else to be upset about.